what is up ladies and gentlemen welcome to the grateful eight the land of the tall people the blonde people the pale people the light-skinned people we're just for the people you know what i'm saying your host is here mr brenton rogo as always i'm a co-pilot mr marcus watts we switched up the visuals a little bit today for those of you that are able to watch some of our visual marketing switch it up you know it's it's almost like kind of a new season, so we're going to switch up the vibes a little bit. And uh, yeah, we're holding mics now, and we're just trying to make this thing better And as we continue to build on this little journey. But as always, Marcus, welcome to the show. Happy Friday. What's going down? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. And yeah, like you said, I'm, I'm enjoying this little vibe that we got here as we're just continuing. You know, the thing I like about the show that we do is just we're just making it ours. And hopefully people enjoy that. You know what I'm saying? So we're a little more comfortable. Not that our desks are uncomfortable, but it just feels like we're like kind of in this box. I'm like leaning back. I'm chilling, but uh, I'm doing good, man. It's good to see you as always. Yeah. I'm just like chilling on a couch. Got a little couch set up in my office. So the vibes are immaculate on this Friday. So you got to You got a drink there. What you drinking? Got a little Fit Aid energy, you know, big, big caffeine guy. What I like about this one, it's only 200 milligrams, so I can combo it with a little black coffee. That's what I usually start my day with. And then usually about this time, about 1130, I hit one of these and good to go for the rest of the day. So big Fit Aid guy. And uh, they're they're a friend of the show. So that's really cool. Um, friend of the show. Big friend of the show. Speaking of, though, you know, we're talking about food and drinks here. We got an ongoing topic at my house, and I need to know from Mr. Vegan himself. How do you know if food is still good in the fridge? What, do you have like testers that you do? Do you have like a way that you test the different foods you eat to like, man, that's been in there for a minute, but I think I'm still going to eat it because I'm a big leftover guy, but it's like, man, I've been eating these leftovers for a week. They're still here. Um, Yeah. What do you got, bro? All right. So a cu- couple things. When it comes to condiments and stuff, condiments are, they can last a little bit. You know what I'm saying? They can last a little a while. Year, it. It's just, a year. You know what I mean? They can last. Yeah. Oh, okay. So <laughs> Kyle, I, I like randomly will like clean out Kylie's fridge because we have different beliefs on how long things can go past expiration dates, which I think is a great why this is such a great conversation because healthy. it's all Very relative. healthy <laughs> <laughs> right it's all relative so condiments they can go a little bit longer now here's the way that i play it. obviously if you got to do the smell test so if the shit don't smell good it ain't good now here's here's where i go next and it's a little different for me too because like my foods aren't meats so i'm not worried right you know oh, yeah. or dairy so i my stuff can go a little bit longer. Like I'll leave like rice and beans out on the counter. I'm like, I'll just eat it the next morning. Like, bro, this is so it's just a consistency test. That's what it is for me. If it doesn't have that consistency to where when you go to reheat it, or if it's something that you eat cold, I'm completely out. But if it's got the right consistency, I'm, I'm not even counting dates to be honest. (laughs) It's going to lead me to a quick story. So one time, ordered a sandwich at a job story I was time. working. I, was, I ordered a sandwich at the job I was working. And for whatever reason, the day got, a, got away from me. I didn't eat the sandwich. The sandwich didn't have, it might have had cheese on it. That might have been probably about the only dairy. Maybe some mayonnaise on it. I don't remember the exact sandwich. But the next morning, it was still sitting on my desk. I popped that thing open. I started eating it. My man Marcus is nodding his head. He's like, "Yeah, what do you what do you mean, bro? The people in that building lost their mind. They said, "Yo, that that sandwich has been sitting on. It was in a wrap, like it wasn't even sitting out. Like it was wrapped up. Like it was it was wrapped up, right? Yeah. And they like lost their minds. They could could not believe that I was eating a a day old sandwich. I was like, it tasted fine. I didn't get sick. Nothing. Okay, so if it had mayonnaise on it, I would say that's probably not a go just because that mayonnaise and you know but i mean if it's just cheese i mean back in the day they didn't have refrigerators and they kept cheese just fine you know what i mean so 
as long as it didn't have mayonnaise, I wouldn't really be worried about. And and also, here's the biggest question: Did you get sick after that? No. All right. So not even not even a little it. bit. That settles it. Y'all been wasting food. Okay. It's been so with you been sitting out. One day. Do you put your fruits and vegetables in the in the fridge, or do you keep them out? Some some stuff I do. So you see, a lot of stuff doesn't need to be refrigerated. Like tomatoes don't need to be refrigerated. Apples don't need to be, you know, avocados don't need to be. So anything that really doesn't need to be, I, I try to keep it out. Um, also, because when you see fruits and vegetables and stuff out, you're more inclined to eat it. But there's times when I just want like a cold, like I bought a bunch of Honeycrisp apples. I'm back on the Honeycrisp gang. I had eaten a bunch of them just sitting out when I was a kid. I only ate them cold, but I was like, man, I just want a cold crisp apple when you bite into it. So I put a few in there, but like, yeah, I mean, it really just depends. But most times I try to, I try to keep them out. You know what I mean? I think the big thing for me is chicken. That's the one that I always hesitate on. Cause it's like, I would say raw and regular and after it's been cooked. That's just the one food that like freaks me out more than anything as far as eating it. Even fresh off the grill, I always cut it, cut it up because I need to make sure that it's like fully cooked. And then if we've had it sitting in there raw for a couple of days, that starts freaking me out too. It always kind of has a weird smell when you open it anyways. And so it's always like a big red flag right out the gate. Um, but yeah, I think for me, it's like, I like the consistency idea, obviously the color and then the smell, but then the smell can be misleading obviously because like eggs and you know certain things like that after you before you cook them and after you cook them they kind of have a weird smell when you first open the tupperware anyways so it's like this whole back and forth battle of is it good is it worth the risk because then you start thinking about do i really want to puke and poop my brains out for the next 24 hours if that's if this doesn't work out in my favor (laughs) so this is a cool topic because this is one of the things that like kylie and like people close to me who like start to make that move to more plant-based like kylie's not vegan like she she eats predominantly plant-based but she's not she's you know what i'm saying and i don't expect everybody to do that i would like people close to me too just because it makes it easier because of this what i'm talking about right here and she's mentioned noticing this so i have a lot of other people so when i stopped buying meat first off my grocery bill went like down like crazy right and then it went back up again because i was buying a lot of like plant-based meats which end up being dumb expensive too right now i don't buy nearly as much because literally i can make my own and they taste crazy but it's the salmonella it's the cleaning like when I cook, like I'm already a very clean person when I cook. Like I wash my hands when I touch different things. And, uh, but I don't ever have to worry about like disinfecting counters or like, are you going to have that issue with it? Normally, like when plant stuff goes bad, it's just like, this does not taste very good. You know what I'm saying? Like this rice, these beans, this, you know, whatever dish that you made, these greens are like all soggy and stuff. So, um, I, that is one thing that with the amount of meat that, you and I eat, I was glad to leave behind, but I never thought that that would even be a thing. Cause we did it our whole lives, you know, just gotta be careful. Yeah. We just have to fire up the grill multiple times a week. And I always try to eat it fresh and then eat, if not eat it the next day. And that goes back to like portion control and how much we cook and stuff. But the grill is the, the best time, way to like, go. But at the same time, we got to have food ready for like, you know, just lunch or whatever to go. So it's kind of a back and forth game, but I was thinking about it because I was uh, eating tacos last night that the ground beef is five days old. And I was just starting to think, hmm, do I got one more day of this? And I think I do because it didn't taste weird. It smelled you're fine. good, bro. <laughs> no, you're good. All right, Marcus. So today we're going to use entertainment as our pillar today. So for those junkies out there that like to, dabble in tv shows specifically streaming that's what we're going to talk about today so we did a goat talk a little bit last week talking about our goats and different sports and things like that but today we're going to dive into the entertainment business a little bit deeper and we're going to talk about um, some of our favorite shows documentaries things like that um, inside the streaming space so we're going to tell you guys obviously where to find it and we broke it up into three categories you know you guys know how we get down here we like to have everything a little more organized so today we're going to start with the classics then we're going to go into sports and then we're going to go into some of the newer stuff that we've seen. So we had a couple of rules on this. So me and Marcus have different tastes when it comes to the shows we watch, the movies, whatever. So 
what we tried to do the best we could is pick things that we've both seen. So then that way um, we can have a, a decent dialogue. So that, that took a lot of the shows, uh, excuse me, dialogue, not dialect, dialogue around these episodes and around these shows and things like that. And so that was one of the things. So the parameters brought us to essentially just a handful of shows. So uh, we're going to do our best to give you guys some reasons as to why to watch them or what we loved about them. And uh, yeah, you can hopefully open up the notes on your iPhone, take a couple notes of what shows you should be watching. And and then we can dive back into this at a later date. But to get it started, you guys are going to laugh because it's still in the sports realm. The most classic streamed thing that if you haven't seen it yet, I don't know what you're doing, is the Last Dance documentary. The documentary that captured the career I was going to say the rise and the fall of Michael Jordan, but it really was just the rise and then the dominance of Michael Jordan and the there Chicago There is no Wolves. fall of MJ. <laughs> Even the Wizards run. I wish they would have covered a little bit of that, like his dialogue as far as like, oh, I think I'm going to come back. I think I'm going to play and stuff like that. That would have been cool to hear those interviews and stuff. Even the Wizards run, the guy was an all-star. He still averaged 20 points, which is crazy. Right. Um, it's, I think it's the best of the best. I remember during COVID and during the pandemic lockdown, it was like, I was fiending every Sunday to watch it. And like my life revolved around that Sunday night, two hour window when they would do the back-to-back releases of the episodes and just got better and better. Um, and honestly, you know, from a film production standpoint, it, it's just unbelievable. Um, the use of music, the use of obviously all the footage that they had, um, the interviews that they were able to bring on. I mean, it's top tier and that's why it is number one. We're not ranking these, but if we were, this is by far the number one thing that you have to watch. Um, anything else about the last dance before we continue? Yeah. You know, when it comes to the last dance, one, I think one of the biggest things was the timing, the timing of when they put it out. Everyone is at home. They literally not, even if they just have nothing to do, they can't go anywhere. So for them to drop that, and you had never seen anything like that that involved Michael Jordan ever is what was crazy. Also, the way it was released, where they released, like you said, two episodes a week. So you're watching not just one. They could have stretched it out. There was two. Basically, as soon as it was over and the entire next day and week leading up to the next release the entire conversation circled around it. Just everyone dice, everything you saw, just dissecting it, breaking it down. People giving their takes. Was this true? Was this false? Was this fabricated? You know, is Mike telling the right? It was just, and also I think for people who are bulls and Jordan fans, nineties bulls and Jordan fans, which I have to believe that anyone who was watching basketball in the nineties, you were a bulls and Jordan fan. You just can't say that you were not, even if they weren't, they weren't my team, you know what I'm saying? But I think it was just an amazing, it's a, it's definitely a classic. I've watched it like four times since then. And uh, anytime, honestly, I want to kind of get my mind right. I don't want anything Kobe and I don't want anything Jordan. And the last dance is one of them that I like to put on, kind of refocus. I love that you brought up the timing of it because Jordan doesn't do anything that's not on purpose. And I think... <laughs> He kind of felt the yes. vibes of the LeBron talks and the Kobe talks. And he was like, oh, y'all mother efforts forgot who I am. Let me remind you. And, uh, you know, this this footage was planned. Like they've been, they had this footage for decades leading up to this. And it took a while for Jordan to find the right person. Obviously, everything ran through Jordan. He had to approve everything. And so the backstory is there as far as like all the different pitches that people were trying to bring to him and things like that to get their hands on that footage. Uh, they couldn't have done it any better. The producers crushed it, all of that. Another thing about the timing was the Kobe Bryant um, piece because he actually like passed away right around his episode or very, very uh, close to when those episodes were released with him because it starts the documentary is like in remembrance of Kobe Bryant. And it's kind of like almost one of his last sit downs that we get to sit there and listen to Kobe Bryant talk about basketball and to have him sitting there talking about Jordan is just like, I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. It was a little eerie. It was like a still a very fresh wound. You know what I mean? And to see Kobe on there, you're like, it was kind of put back in front of you again. It kind of like, 
hurt a little bit, but at the same time, it was like, there he is. You know what I mean? Like, so I agree with you, man. Yeah. And if you didn't see Jordan's speech at Kobe's funeral, I mean, the closeness of those two just kind of made everything come full circle. And uh, overall, number one show, if you haven't watched it, I'm sure 99% of our audience has watched it. But if you haven't, turn it on. Um, Next one, we're going to move on. This is the classics category. We're going to talk about Squid Games. We have to. Um, What a crazy show. Um, I actually have two shows on this list that we're going to talk about that had... Um, the English dubbing, I guess is what I would call it, the dub over of the voices. And, you know, we like to have the captions on just because it clarifies exactly what they're saying. And that goes for any show that we watch. We're just the captions family. We always have been um, probably because I'm hard of hearing and it makes it easier for me to get everything that they're saying. But Squid Games was the first one where I'm like the first episode. It kind of took my brain a little bit to catch up to like, okay, this is how we're watching this. Like their mouths don't match, stuff like that. But dude, what a show. Like unbelievable, like plot points, um, crazy concept, like, you know, every episode had you on the edge of your seat as far as them, you know, literally eliminating people by killing them. Um, what do you think of when you think of Squid Games? Well, first, uh, the dubbing thing is so interesting because anybody that plays ball overseas or lives in another country you just start watching everything with captions because it's like everything on TV is in another language. It also helps you kind of pick up some nuances of the language. Narcos, I had stopped it for a long time and Narcos is what got me back into it. If you have not seen Narcos, that's kind of like an honorable mention. Uh, And that broke into a whole like universe. But Squid Games, I think we just had never really seen anything not that it didn't exist, but sometimes we just only, we don't really pay attention to what other countries are doing. And I think it was the first time a lot of people were just exposed to how amazing, you know, the media and the script writing and the production levels can be in other countries. Cause people were going crazy when squid. And then it was also a very extreme, extreme level of, of putting you in this place where anybody could be, you could be any one of those people. You could identify with someone. That's yeah, like watching a train wreck, right? Like you just can't pull your eyes away. Like once you start watching it, it's just like you, you can't look away. And it felt like every episode was like that where you you're watching and you're just like, what is this? Like, what is going on right now? Like, this is so weird and trippy, but like at the same time, you couldn't stop watching it. And um, like I said, they did a cool job, like building up some of the characters towards the end and just building the suspense of what could potentially happen and, and how it all ended out. I heard they're running it back. Um, I think they're going to do another one, like another version of it. But um, if you haven't checked out Squid Games, get through the get through the captions, get through the voice dubbing. It is worth the show. Last but not least on our classic list, we just kind of had a top three here as we rip through it is uh Probably the one of the, another one of the most memorable um, documentaries, and this one I believe also was right around the pandemic as well, and that is Tiger King. Um, dude, it was like every episode I just could not believe what was happening, from the Carol Baskin stuff to uh, just the way that dude lived his life every day, um, the knee brace and the cane, you know, getting literally bit by these tigers like fighting them in the cage and stuff, and uh, obviously all the the backstories as far as everything else that's gone on um, behind the scenes and dude, just what a crazy, crazy documentary. I, I, the only thing I'll say negative about it is I actually didn't like the aftermath of how they cut. They kind of tried to double down a little too hard for me where it was like, I was good. Like I saw what I needed to see. I got my entertainment value out of it. But for me, it was like, as they continued to try to double down on it and they did like a tiger King two and they did like a live stream. They just, to me, they doubled down a little too hard for me overall but the initial watch of tiger king was just something i'll never forget for sure and definitely one that everybody needs to watch uh what do you got about it marcus yeah wild outrageous again timing is timing can be everything it really can it can work for you or it can work against you um i was watching a little bit of uh transformers i can't remember which which one it is but uh it was the one with uh mark Wahlberg. And uh, how he was like a, what can I call it? What, what is he? He's like an inventor. And all the stuff he's inventing is just a little bit ahead of its time. 
You know what I mean? And so he's kind of struggling. And that was reminding me, dang, man, timing is so great. So it's funny that we're talking about two things that came out during the pandemic. But yeah, the timing of it was just so incredible. Like you said, every episode was like, what is happening? It was a, it was a, it had a cult like following. I, and also I want to say something about social media is when these things happen and they go into pop culture, how people will jump to extremes. You know, there was the whole, you know, Carol Baskin song and like, everybody's like, Oh my God, Carol Baskin. Meanwhile, they're saying, you know, this whole thing was predicated on, she killed her husband. His, his whole thing with her, among a few other things. Yeah. Meanwhile, her husband's like found alive and nobody freaking noticed. Literally, I'm looking at an article that's called that. It's like from the New York Post. Carol Baskin says dead husband was found alive, but no one noticed. Like, so crazy. What about you? Yeah, it was one of those things, right, that like caught fire. And then like once it died, it was just like, okay, like the, the it's funny how quick we can just move on from stuff. And that was probably something we we could have moved on from. It didn't need to stick around longer than it did. But um, dude, I just think about like, <laughs> just like, I can't believe people like that in the world exist. Like that was a real guy that like legitimately lived his life that way um, and believed, you know, he was going to be the president and then, you know, had all these boyfriends and all these love interests. And then on top of it, he was raising tigers. Like, it, dude, just like, I just um, always get a good kick out of people that, <laughs> like that exists on this planet like it never ceases to amaze me <laughs> at all never man I, now the other thing too is once people see stuff like that because they see the opportunity opp- people are opportunists now they're going to try to recreate that persona or like you saw you keep seeing all these other things following up on the tiger king and it's like guys like we're we're done you know we're good <laughs> Awesome. Well, that was great, dude. Those those are three classics. I'm glad we started with those. If you guys haven't checked those out, um, Last Dance, Squid Games, and Tiger King are all Netflix-based. So you can find all those on Netflix. So um, next up, we're going to move into sports. Now we're going to kind of break this into two because um, one is just a series. It's a fictional series. Um, another one is a fictional series, but it's based on a true story. And then the last three are a little more of the documentary style, which we obviously love as sports fans. So to get it started, this is one of my favorite shows of all time. I'm really sad that it just recently came to an end. Our first number, we'll say, we'll call it number one. We're not necessarily, like I said, not ranking these, but number one, Ted Lasso, uh, Apple TV, unbelievable cast, unbelievable storytelling. For those of you that aren't familiar with the show, it's basically about a football coach that goes overseas to the, the soccer leagues and goes to coach soccer, even though he knows nothing about soccer. Um, and just, it's one of the few shows, I will say the third season, it, it got a little bit heavier as far as, you know, some of its stances and stuff, but it was one of the first shows in a long time that you can just have fun watching and every episode left you kind of feeling good. There wasn't a lot of uh, things pushed on you or anything like that. It was just, you know, quirky lines, good character building, and overall just a good show. Um, what did you think of Ted Lasso? It actually kind of surprised me when you told me that you were one of the people that that watched this show. It didn't really seem like that'd be a show you watched, to be completely honest. That's so, what, so what, I mean, and again, it like, it's not a bad thing at all because we all have perceptions, but what made you, what made you think that? Probably the sports side. Like, I mean, it's soccer. So like that, that almost eliminated me right out of the gate, to be honest. I actually don't think I watched it until like six months after the first season had been released. And people were like, dude, you got to watch it. Like you would love it. You would love it. And so I think probably that, um, probably a little bit of the cast. Like there's not, I mean, there is familiar faces in the sense of, uh, a lot of new faces, a lot of new faces to American TV. Yeah. Yeah. To American TV for sure. And you know, the accents and stuff. I don't know. I just, I, like I said, I didn't take you as a soccer guy yeah, and that's yeah. kind of this, don't take this the wrong way, but it's kind of like a, just a wholesome, good body, good buddy show. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't really see that that'd be something that you'd be interested in. No, no. So, um, love Ted Lasso was there every episode. Um, for me, I, you know, obviously I grew up overseas, so it was always interesting to me. That's true. That, That's a good point. Yeah, it was interesting, but I I wasn't super into soccer because I had I, I played soccer when I was younger, but uh, I wasn't super into it. But um, it always was interesting to me. Number one, how how American is it to <laughs> for someone to already have something called football 
for like <laughs> way longer than we did, right? And to just take that name and give them another name. I just, we won't talk anymore about that, but that is as about as American as it comes. <laughs> but, um, bro, for real. Perfect. Like every time I think about that, I'm like, how dare we, bro? But anyways, um, you know, for for me, number one, Manchester City. Uh, love watching Manchester City ever since I saw a documentary on them. And I just it taught me a lot more about some of the stuff going on behind the scenes. Um, when I went overseas to play Pro Bowl my rookie year at uh Allborg, we got invited to like come out to a soccer game. And I had been to soccer matches, but they were like smaller local clubs, not like a club that was a, a, in Allborg. The soccer wasn't massive, but the stadium was crazy. So when I went, I was like, oh, y'all do this. Yeah, and I started down. just, yeah, developing a different appreciation for it then. So I would go to all the soccer games of all the clubs I would play for. Bro, in South America, it was like stupid i was like yo there's gonna be a riot here and then at fc porto fc porto was like just look up the stadium when you get a chance for fc porto in portugal they were in the champions league which i think is like the top 13 i I could be completely wrong because i'm not a massive soccer fan but it's like they're the top something in europe and based on that they are in the champions league and uh Bro, that stadium was so big. It was like a coliseum. And I was just like, this soccer money is no joke. So anyways, um, I love Ted Lasso. And a thing I liked about it. Oh, another connection was that, um, you know, I used to work for Generation Esports, which is based out of Kansas City. So I was like, this guy's gotcha. from Kansas City. And being in Kansas City, all, a lot of the stuff that he says, I'm like, it makes sense. So, um, yeah, I just liked it was so wholesome. You know, it was so much of a deeper meaning. And I just, I just really enjoyed seeing him be a fish out of water. Cause that's what it's like living overseas, bro. You're trying to learn at first you're so lost. And then next thing you know, you're like walking down the street and everybody's like, Marco, Marco. And I get used to people in South America calling me Marco and not Marcus. And it was just such a, it was a great experience, but I identified with that. That's great. I think for me, there was two things. One, it was really cool. Yeah, you touched on it. The soccer, um, the way the leagues work, they kind of talked a little bit about that as far as like if you win the championship, then you go into the next league, like the Champions League, I believe is what it was. And so like, first off, I don't understand why American sports don't do that. You want to stop tanking. You want to stop all the crap that goes on. Start moving the NBA teams that lose to the G League and start moving the NFL teams that lose to the XFL and vice versa. You know, um, you'll, you'll start to see some teams actually try to win all the time and uh it'll just it'll i think it brings balance to the sport i guess is all i'm gonna say there and then as far as the actual show this kind of last thing i'll say about is you touched on just the wholesomeness of it where every episode it kind of gave you an opportunity to look at yourself and you know maybe learn something maybe take something from it and i honestly just don't feel like there's a lot of shows that do that anymore a lot of shows try new things they try to get you know i i call it just weird they try to get outside the box they try to build relationships that potentially don't make sense to certain audiences and stuff like that. And for me, that one was just every episode. I got something from it. It definitely touched my heart plenty of times. Um, you know, the distance with his kid and his family and, and the demeanor there. And then like you said, the being the fish out of water with not only a new sport that he kind of knew nothing about, but also, yeah, the people and just the environment. And then like his friendship with beard and how like, that's his, you know, that's his guy and they've been together. And then how that story came full full circle about how, you know, Ted saved his life. It, it just overall it was just, um, an unbelievable story. I really enjoyed it. And, uh, I just, to be honest, man, I just wish they made more shows like that. If I had to be completely honest, I thought that it was, it was a diamond in the rough and, um, supposedly they're done with it. Who knows if they'll try to do a spinoff or something like that. Um, but either way, unbelievable three seasons and, uh, strongly suggested once again, that one's on Apple TV. Next one we got was a, a personal favorite and they're about to fire up season number two. And that is, and this is good. It actually sounds funny. That I just said personal favorite because this show is about the Lakers. And the next pick that we have is winning time, which is the Lakers. You can't even call it like a documentary. It's, it's, it's a, it's obviously fiction, but it's, it's essentially a 
sitcom show based around the the early Lakers. So the Magic Johnson era Lakers, Pat Riley, all of those guys. Um, the Bus family is heavily involved in the documentary or in the show as well. And just overall, man, super entertaining. Um, I loved the camera work. The acting's great. Obviously, it's a storyline that I'm familiar with, so it's cool to kind of feel like you're getting behind the scenes with some of this stuff as far as the partying and and some of the lifestyles that they were living and even the communication types and the personalities that were a part of uh, that legacy. So uh, what are your initial thoughts with uh, Winning Time? First off, I agree with you because it's so interesting to see the behind the scenes of stories you already know. We already know how the stories and we already know what games they win, what games they lose, what championships they win, what championships they lose. But what we, what a lot of us didn't know was Jerry West, who so many of us see, for example, as one example, for so many of us see a certain way. He was a bit of an ass. Now, Jerry West didn't like that. Jerry West was actually like like suing or something because he didn't like what he was being portrayed. And there is some fiction to this, but you get the general gist, you know, and it's it's, you know, seeing, you know, some of the early startings of guys like Pat Riley and things like that. It's just so all of it's so interesting to me. I think also something that these types of documentaries or in this case, fiction reality based or real life based fiction right (laughs) Right. series show you is i remember the biggest sham that i felt was uh coaches telling you and 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 it is true it is true to us to a certain degree it is very true the more sleep you get the more hydrated you get the less alcohol you have your body will perform better but pulling back the veil on what most professional athletes are doing in their free time. Turn it up. I'm, I'm training. Up. Letting loose. <laughs> the, the amount of time that I spend training, prepping my body, lifting weights, watching film, traveling, having to do media. When I get free time, I just need to take my mind off of my job. You might be like, oh yeah, well they're pro athletes and you know they're getting all this. Yes, the thing that you got to take into account is And again, what is most of the stuff is happening off the court is that with you, you might be able to, you know, go to your job nine to five and then stop. But these guys, it's it really never stops. So I always think that that's interesting because I remember (laughs) I remember times when it's like I had a bad game and I'm like, (sighs) me and the whole team were like, (sighs) we should have went out last night. (laughs) Yep. But you never, you never the next day think, oh, we shouldn't have went out last night. That like that never happens. It's always we should have went out. Good, good point. Good, very good point. Very good point. Yeah, because you get used to performing like that so often, and you're so high performance. That's the thing. That's also a time when you know, like in college, when you can just eat whatever you want because your body's just a machine. Right. All right, I'm putting my Celtics hat on for five minutes now. Here we go. You you know we Give couldn't it avoid me. it. Jerry West can Jerry West can kick rocks first off. Okay. Here's the deal. It's a fictional show. They have to have villains. They have to have characters like your boring ass doesn't need to be on the show. Exactly how you were. We get it, dude. You think you were the best of the best. You're the logo, whatever kick rocks, buddy. Like the fact that they made a whole TV show and they're going to continue a TV show that includes your name, which brings you back to relevancy where people at least think about you again, buddy, kick rocks. Okay. Second off, I am stoked for season two. And if you've seen the preview at all, you're going to, you know why. And they are now diving into the Boston Celtics and how the Celtics win the next championship and the dominance of Larry Bird and how Larry Bird basically is like, okay, I've had enough of this. Like, cool. Magic got his first one. You guys are all talking about him. Let me show you how we get down. So, um, dude, I, I can't wait. Um, it was a great show. Like I said, I never thought I would love a Lakers show as a Celtics fan, but season two is going to be, I'm going to be fired up for that one for sure. If I get one more thing, I, I think something that's always inspiring to me is, uh, and if, if you haven't seen the show, uh, the men who made America, the men who made America or men who built America, uh, go check that out. Because every story is exactly like this. The Lakers were, as a business, they were struggling. They were struggling in every single way. Yeah, they had some good players, but they were kind of on the brink of falling into irrelevancy. 
at least the way that it was portrayed to, you know, on the business side. So to see these creative ideas, and I thought something that's very interesting is Jeannie Buss and seeing how she was a part of that organization. I thought it's just beautiful because it's inspiring to anyone that like all it takes is the right idea. Don't always be so closed off to thinking, you know, the best way to do it. Sometimes the best way to do it is the exact opposite. And it's scary. Also, somebody made a documentary about me. I would just double down on it. Like what an opportunity for Jerry West or any of those other people to like double down on their fame or go on podcasts, do interviews and be like, yeah, that part's not true. This is what actually happened. Yeah. That that part, instead of being a sourpuss and like trying to sue him and end the show and all the stuff that, that Jerry did, I think just having fun with it and being like, oh man, that's funny that people saw me that way. And then, you know, like I said, doubling down on the stories as far as like, nah, this is actually what happened. It wasn't this. I think, you know, I haven't reached a level of fame in any way, shape or form, but I think I would be a little more open to like, oh, that's what, that's the portrayal of me. All right. That's kind of funny, whatever. And then, uh, I'd be able to, like I said, kind of just have some fun with it in some interviews and stuff like that. Where these guys, some of these guys, oh, I'm not watching that show. It's not real. That's not how I was like, come on. Like it, it no offense, buddy. This show ain't for you, Jerry West. <laughs> I, I do have a question though, because this is, the, this is, I, because I, I agree with you. This is the only thing. Is Jerry West actually benefiting off of this show? And the reason I say that is because I have not watched the Hulu documentary on Mike Tyson. Um, just like I stopped watching the Chappelle show for some time for Dave Chappelle because they asked us as fans to not watch it because Mike Tyson's Dave Chappelle is a little bit different. But if you just want to focus on Mike Tyson. He was no part of that. He gets no compensation in that. They're just able to tell your story and depict you in a certain way. And I feel like that's such an infringement on you. Now, I don't know if that was the case here. You know what I mean? And it's Jerry West. I feel like, but I don't know if that's the only perspective that I would give. Because if they're, if they're, if they're actually depicting you in the wrong way in like situations that were not true, you know what I'm saying? Then I would be, you know what I mean? They say you That's handled fair. your kids a certain way. You know what I'm saying? When you're like, I never handled my kids that way. Like, I, ne-, you know what I mean? That's the only thing. Yeah, that's fair. I could see that, I guess. But I also think about somebody like Larry Bird watching that. And he's probably seeing the guy that's acting like him. And he's probably like, dude, I was way bigger of an asshole than this guy ever was. Like, he's trying to, they're trying to put it off like Larry was this, this huge dick. But I bet like in real life, it was actually way worse, like a hundred times worse than what this guy's going to do. So and he, there might be Larry some benefits, it, though. Though. right? So there might be some benefits to them actually kind of pulling back a little bit and and changing your character. My, I'll I'll forever stake uh, stake my claim on Jerry West is just too boring, and so they had to make him a little more interesting to uh, make the show pop. All right, so for the next three, we're going to rip through these fairly quickly. Um, last three in the sports category. These are a little bit more around the documentary style, and uh, we're going to start with the newest one that we've seen, and that one is the Curry movie. Um, that just recently dropped on Apple TV. Um, I was familiar with the Curry story. I know, I'm sure you were, we lived it. Like I remember being in the college dorm, watching the Davidson runs. So it was really cool to live through that. Obviously, um, if you know anything about Stephen Curry, you know about his story and how he was small and how he's still small and how he had the ankle problem, just everything that kind of got us to the point where now he's, you know, one of the best, best basketball players of all time. Um, this is what I'll say about it. The first, we fall asleep. So like I got through the first probably 30 to 40 minutes and I told Nicole the next day, we were like, all right, what are we going to watch? I'm like, well, we need to finish that documentary. I was like, but I'll be honest, it's kind of boring. Like I I haven't really liked it at this point, bro. We we put it back on we caught up to where we were. And within 10 minutes I was locked in because then they started getting into, oh yeah, this is, this is what this is when Steph Curry became Steph Curry. And that's the part I was waiting for was the guys that were like the gym and Davidson was completely packed all to watch one guy play basketball. This guy was playing at a, I believe it's a mid major. Is it Davidson's a mid major? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So it's basically like, I, I joked about it. I was like, that's like the size of Evangel. It looked like, like the amount of people that were at the games and stuff is like my little NAI school. It didn't even look like that many people were there, but they were all there for one person. And his first game, he tells a story that he, 
uh, you know, had all those turnovers in the first half and he looked like trash. Bro, that game was absolute. His first game in college was horrific. And the coach didn't give up on him, left him in there, never pulled him. Well, buddy went for like 35 points and uh, completely went off after that. And and the rest is history. And I loved, like I said, I, I love the behind the scenes stuff. So it's cool to hear Steph talk about like, you know, that coach changed my life. He didn't give up on me. He could have pulled me out. He could have, you know, benched me for, for the bad plays I was making early in my career, but he stuck with it. And we went on this miraculous run. Another thing that stuck out before I pass it back to you is the poor guy that took the shot in in uh the lead eight that missed and they had to interview him bro. like bro they were triple team in steph and they chuck it to him at the last second he's got to chuck up a bomb of a three and dude like that guy's got to live with that for the rest of his life like as cool as steph is i bet you know maybe he has a good relationship with steph but every time you think of davidson or steph like goes back to him missing that shot because he had a chance to win it so um felt bad for that dude but what do you got on uh the the curry movie on on apple tv yeah, so actually, I'll, I'll start there with his relationship with uh with that point guard, and they're like f- friends still today. If you saw, he was they were spending like time together in that doc, watching the NCAA tournament, hanging around his yep. house and stuff. Like he's in the documentary a lot. So and and it's cool because those guys talk about you know Steph talked about the influence that those guys had on him as upperclassmen, and I really related to that because. When I came into college, I really struggled and had a really tough time. And it was the older guys, the guys that were juniors and seniors that were both extremely hard on me and then and challenged me and then extremely supportive when I became, as a, as a true freshman, a leader on that team and kind of a go-to. So that kind of struck a, a bit of a soft spot with me. What stood out to me the most, all the things that you said were spot on. All these kids, because, you know, with coaching AU and stuff, all these kids want to go in the gym and shoot threes and do all these things because of Steph Curry. But they do not understand what they're all focused on being top in their class. And they do not understand that was not Steph Curry. Nope. He only had like a couple offers. You know what I mean? Someone, he was small. He was undersized. He was not very strong. This guy could not really shoot until like his junior year. He he could shoot, excuse me, but he didn't have the ability. So remember I told you I was shooting with that kid at the gym yesterday. His name's Ian. Ian, if you're listening, you know what I mean? Keep on working. He shot with two hands and I told him, the sooner you make the change, stop trying to shoot these three so far. The sooner you make the change and start working on shooting the proper way, the sooner you're going to, make strides in your game because the later the long, and that was the thing with Steph Curry. I think it was after a sophomore year, he was like, when he tried that, and this is a big thing in it, he struggled. And that reminded me, bro, the repetition it took for you, let's say, to become the photographer, to capture the footage, to learn to edit, to be the father, the repetition that it took of you banging, feeling like you're banging your head against the wall, trying to do things the right way. And then finally you're like, why am I even doing this? You know, cause that was Steph Curry when he had to change the way that he was shooting as a kid. Why am I doing this? And it's like, because I, because I want it. Okay. Let me keep working. And I thought that was a huge lesson to get from it and all the adversity that he faced. And again, just feeling like people think Steph Curry just had it, you know, and these kids just wanting to, get the end result, but not wanting to work for it. It was a bit of a inspiring thing and a reminder to me that like, yo, you've just got to keep chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, but you got to do it the right way. So if you want to see like a masterclass in that, and even now he's continuing, he's showing things, he's continuing to push the envelope on what he's going to accomplish on and off the court. And it's not just business stuff. Really, they don't even talk about the business stuff growing himself as a man, as a son, you know what I mean? It's just, it was a great story. Like you said, when it picks up, it picks up. And I like the way B that they equated what was happening in Dayton's, uh, or excuse me, Davidson's season, as well as kind of flashing back and forth between what was happening with the Warriors season. I thought that was great storytelling. That was a rough, uh, like, 24 hour period for me because I went from uh, 
watching that that documentary where the Warriors beat my Celtics in in the championship game, and then we flip over, and then I, we were watching quarterbacks, um, and we'll talk about that show here in a minute, possibly. But um, and on the show quarterbacks, then they were talking about the Patriots getting beat by the Vikings on Thanksgiving. So I took a double whoop in that day, just back to back episodes. So um, I want to hurt a little bit. All right, moving on. Uh, this one was was cool. Muscle and Mayhem, which is an American Gladiator story produced by Netflix. Did you watch the 30 for 30 about the American Gladiators? I did not watch the 30 for 30 on it, but I did watch the one on the this one, the Muscle and Mayhem. And I'll, and, and I'll throw it back to you, but all I can say, if it was one word, like nostalgic. And, and it was a reminder that a lot of us really wanted to start lifting weights when you watched American gladiators. I mean, I forgot how influential they were. I had a couple American gladiators, like action figures, but, um, very influential. So I saw the coming of the 30 for 30 for the American gladiators. And I always usually love the 30 for 30s. I was like, Oh dude, American gladiators, same as all, all the things you just said. So I can't wait to watch it. And it was kind of a brutal documentary. It was super weird and they didn't have like a lot of the athletes on it. They had a couple, but not really like, to be honest, the ones I remembered and the storytelling was just kind of weird in the sense of, um, it seemed very planted as far as what they were saying and and how they were doing it where the one on Netflix is basically told by the athletes, which makes it so much better. And it's all the athletes that you remember. And they tell like real stories about what was going down and like how bootleg it was and how they were doing, you know, multiple shows throughout a weekend where, um, Dude, these these people are at risk from like a health standpoint, not only because their bodies are having to keep up, but you know, just the safety of the games that they were playing were super dangerous and things like that from a concussions protocol and everything else. So um I thought it was that I'll just say this the Netflix one is way better than the 30 for 30. I'm I'm I have, I'm at a little bit of a loss for words because isn't it crazy to just see the recurring theme of people's talents not being respected, people being drastically underpaid, their bodies being put at risk. Meanwhile, ratings and money shows are making are like just insane. And it's just a constant reminder that when it comes to IP, when it comes to services that you're going to provide, especially anything you're putting your body on the line, negotiations, man, you need to seek out counsel because those, because like you said, drastically underpaid bodies put at risk. And I think this is, this was a part of the the thing that I loved about being a, a trainer and, you know, having a gym, being a coach, I'll say start, you start out as like a trainer, but then you turn into a coach somewhere you evolve. I loved everything that came with it because I loved fitness and I loved health and I loved the challenge of that and what it taught me. And because of that, you want to share that with other people. That's where all this really came from. They wanted the fame and they just really wanted to make a living, but they loved the training they loved and they wanted to share that and what it could do for them with people. But man, somewhere along the line, you just realize, look, man, is this worth it? You know what I mean? You guys had, you guys had the gym, you know what I mean? And we've all been in, in, and Nicole still is deep into the fitness. Is this worth the energy and the time that I'm giving and what it's doing to my body and my mind? If you have not seen this, go and watch Muscles in Mayhem. It's a great story, especially if you're, if, if you were, you know, eighties or nineties kid. For sure. Last but not least, we'll, we'll rip through this one just because it was kind of a fun little bonus, but the untold does a great job of different sports documentaries, the untold series. And, um, specifically, we just want to touch on the rise and the fall of and one. That is a great one. Um, one of my all time favorites as far as sports documentaries for sure. Goes back to that same theme you were just talking about, right? These guys were super underpaid. Um, the way they were uh, reimbursed for the movement that they were creating was just insane. Um, the rich got richer and the poor just sat where they were at. And, uh, unfortunately it was a lot of these players cause these are getting, they were getting street hoopers that had all these amazing talents. And, uh, it was, it was just a really interesting story as to f- how fast it rose and how quick it crashed. And that goes back to just taking care of your kind of employees, right? Cause they're, you know, they were employees of, of the movement and they didn't take care of them. And, and very quickly, 
um, things started to phase out for him. So, um, got any things you want to touch on with the, uh, rise and fall of and one documentary? Yeah. Like first off three things about this. I, I, I think it's the, it's the culture, it's the business, and then it's the people. Those are three major aspects in this. Or when when we say culture, it really was a movement. You know, a lot of what you see with the NBA and basketball today is because of and one. They changed the way that the game looked, the way that the game felt, you know, and players like Allen Iverson, that's pretty much the whole style of and one. And Allen Iverson was very controversial with how he played initially. The look, the fashion, everything. Um and just how fast you can build something with the right people, but also it is the business world is vicious. And once Nike came into the picture, things changed. So go watch that. If you're a basketball fan, if you're, I took a lot from it in the form of marketing, actually less of yep. the, the whole and one thing, but the marketing and business side of it, I took a lot from it because it's not about the coolest logo and the best designs. It is about what you can get people to believe in and feel like they're a part of. I love it. Well, I'll tell you what, Marcus, we've had a lot of good conversation and I, I kind of liked how we started to stretch our episodes where we kind of leave people hanging a little bit. And then we dabble into the, the topic at the beginning of the show and kind of carries over. I like how we can continue the conversation. So here's the deal, people. This is what we're going to do. We're going to move on. This is, that was our final little clip of our, we're going to call it a three part. So we've done part one, part two, which is classics and sports. And then come Monday, we are going to kick it off with what you should be watching. So this is the new stuff that you can't miss that we're diving into right now. Give us an opportunity to dive into it a little bit and talk a little bit more about the shows and the content we're taking in, in the entertainment world. As always, Marcus, the new setup was dope. We had a little different vibe today, but I tell you what, it was cool, man. It was, it felt a little more relaxed and uh, I felt like we had some great conversations revolving some of the best shows that we've seen lately. So um, hope you have a great weekend, my man. And uh, don't go NBA hardcore in the paint. Like we're, you know, not like an off day NBA, but Go enjoy yourself a little bit this weekend, and uh, we'll see y'all next week on the Grateful E I G H T. Always remember, hey, if you guys enjoy the show, share it, share and subscribe, baby. <laughs> <laughs>